Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast NFL Show. Uh, you are now listening to the Week 13 Preview, Week or Week 13 Review, Week 14 Preview. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. What's going on? I mean, pretty good week last week for me. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this week, man. I mean, if we can keep this momentum rolling into the playoffs, I think uh, both of us, as well as anyone that listens could you know come away with a good amount of money here by the end of playoffs yeah it's been uh, a lot of green i mean we started this season we had a really tough time i especially had a really really tough time but it seems like things are starting to level out a little bit uh i think some of our questions have sort of been answered um you know the eagles with a really important win over the titans here have boned us both um because henry didn't score but you know, that's a that's a question that I had. Are the Eagles the real deal? Can they beat a team like the Titans? Uh, yes, the Niners beating the Dolphins, another one. Chargers falling to the Raiders. Like, things are really starting to sort of uh, <clears throat> open up. We're, we're about to get uh, some more questions answered, you know, as we get close to the playoffs. So we'll jump right into these games. Uh, we had Bills, Pats, <clears throat> Bills 24, Pats 10, Buffalo now 9-3, and three, New England 6-6. Six and six. Uh, an impressive Josh Allen performance, not his best, not his worst, 223, two TDs. James Cook, uh, they let him off the leash, gave him quite a bit of burn in this one. He had 14 carries for 60, 64 yards. Singletary had 13 for 51 and a score. Stefan Diggs, another great week, 92 yards on seven catches and a touchdown. Gabe Davis added a touchdown as well. Defense for the Bills played pretty well in this game as well. For the Pats, Mac Jones, 195 and a touchdown. Ramondre Stevenson, lead back, 10 carries for 54 yards. Marcus Jones, that fucking cornerback uh, who returned the punt and is now getting some play on offense. Uh, 51 yards on two catches and a touchdown for him. at long TD early. But outside of that, a pretty quiet game for the Pats. Um, what are you taking away from this? Because, I mean, Allen still doesn't look like he's at his best, but it does seem like the Bills are sort of getting down to uh getting down to business and getting the wins where they got to get them yeah my big takeaway for this one i mean is what you said the uh, uh the emergence it feels like of james cook here yeah. um this is someone that you know before the season started a lot of the experts thought was going to take over their backfield and hasn't really you know been playing much but i mean he looked good um did i expect him to be the player to shine last week no um i kind of thought they were waiting until next season at this point but he looks good um, I think Singletary should still be the one, in my opinion, and James Cook should compliment him, but we'll see what uh, McDermott says. And then, I mean, outside of that, Patriots, weird, weird with this. I mean, not only the emergence of James Cook for the Bills, but then the emergence of Marcus Jones on offense for the Patriots. I don't know, just weird yeah. uh, there. But, I mean, Patriots still have a shot for the playoffs, 6-6, six and six, so uh, we'll see how they do these last couple weeks here. <clears throat> yeah, I'm thinking um... – I'm thinking they'll sort of tighten it up, but I, that last performance against the Bills was not promising. Um, okay, let's move on to <laughs> Packers, Bears, Green Bay 28, Chicago at 19. Bears now 3 and 10 in a good spot for the draft. The Packers now 5 and 8. Aaron Rodgers 182 and a touchdown, <clears throat> playing injured for sure. AJ Dillon 18 carries, 93 yards and a touchdown. Christian Watson with an end around score, 46 yards on that rush with the touchdown at the end. Uh, Lazard 67 yards. Watson also added a touchdown through the air. He had three catches uh, for 48 yards in this one. 
<clears throat> uh, Packers defense played really well down the stretch. Two picks for them. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon and Jair Alexander both getting picks, wrapping up uh, the game for them when it mattered. Or Fields, he had 254 and two interceptions. He rushed for 71 yards and a touchdown. David Montgomery rushed for 61 yards and a touchdown. The air game was not as good uh, for the <clears throat> Bears in this one in terms of scoring, but uh, Fields was still able to link up with Equinemius St. Brown and Cole Komet. Uh, ESB, brother of ASB, had 85 and th- on three catches. Komet had 72 on six, and then there was one long catch for Enkil Harry there, too, towards the end, a 49-yard catch for him. So I think Fields still looks good, but I do believe that uh, the the Bears are just trying to get that draft spot. So I don't, I really can't blame them to be honest with you. Uh, I think they they need some reinforcements uh, through this draft. It's not like they're really going to get anybody in terms of position players, but they can certainly strengthen their lines uh, and strengthen you know their their defensive unit. So I don't know what you think, but Fields still to me looks pretty impressive. The two picks, I don't even think you can really blame him. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he's still. He's trying to make plays for their team, um, which is fine. You know, he's, you know, trying to win them football games. And, I mean, he's going to have turnovers sometimes. I mean, he had two big turnovers at the end of the game here. Um, but, I mean, when you're kind of the guy that your team is relying on um, and it's new to you, you know, it's only been the last, you know, six or seven weeks. It's not like he's in his third year of being the guy where, you know, where someone like Justin Herbert's been making plays for three years. Um, you're going to make some mistakes. But, I mean, outside of that, he still looked good. He still broke off a nice 50-yard touchdown run there early in the game. Um, and I think they, I think their future is a lot brighter than it has been for the last couple of years. So I think that's good for them. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> okay. Um, let's move on to the third game of the week, Steelers-Falcons. This was um, one of the more boring ones, I guess. Uh, Pittsburgh 19, Atlanta 16. Kenny Pickett with 197 and a touchdown. Najee with 86 yards rushing on 17 carries. Benny Snell with 24. Uh, Kind of like I I expected this to be like a committee game, but Najee looks okay. And honestly, this is like three or four games in a row where he's he's looked really good and he's been up to probably around his potential. So that's that's good stuff to see there. Um, On the receiving end for the Steelers, Pat Fryermuth, three catches for 76 yards. Deontay, 60 for, uh, on five catches. Connor Hayward caught a touchdown as well. He had one catch for 17 yards and that score. A uh, good pick for Minka Fitzpatrick in this game, too. Hit five tackles as well. For the Falcons, Mariota, 167, a touchdown and an interception. CPAT, 60 yards on 11 rushes. Uh, Drake London, almost at 100 yards in this one. He had 95 on six catches. But, you know, it was just one of those games where the Falcons still couldn't really get the offense firing on all cylinders. They made it close, you know. Um, I don't think they covered. The spread was one and a half or two and a half. But it was, uh, you know, it was a good good game for the Steelers. I think if they can continue to get these sorts of, like, grinded out results um, and let Kenny Pickett sort of develop in these situations where he has to manage the game and make sure that they're not going to lose, then it's only, it's only really a good thing for them. Yeah, I agree. I said last week that this kind of looked like two teams were that, uh, that were on opposite trajectories Mm -hmm. and it kind of ended up playing out that way. I mean, the Steelers moved the ball well. They didn't always convert. Um, the same can be said for 
Falcons in this game. But, I mean, the Steelers are picking up some momentum here at the end of the season. And uh, with how young they are and how inexperienced a lot of their players are, I think this is something good that they'll be able to roll over into next season. Although I'm sure Steelers fans would like them to still somehow weasel out a playoff spot this year. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. I mean, if you guys remember last year, they were able to somehow weasel out uh, a playoff spot even though, you know, they had the, the corpse of Big Ben under. I, I wouldn't count him out yet, to be honest with you. I still don't think Kenny's there, but I think with maybe one more year uh, and, and some solid drafting, that uh, they probably do have their franchise QB moving forward, barring any sort of drastic setback. Um, <clears throat> okay. Jets 22, Vikings 27. The Vikings narrowly cover uh, in a shootout, <clears throat> defensive shootout, really, um at i think actually this was where was this game at home it was in minnesota right yeah um what's up yeah 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 so mike white 369 no tds two interceptions zonovan knight getting all of the responsibility um as the the lead rusher he had 90 yards on 15 carries a pretty impressive performance for him james robinson hasn't been able to uh, show his effectiveness after that Achilles injury. So going to probably be tough for James Robinson to work his way back into a lead rushing role anywhere at this point. Um, going to probably just be part of a committee, I would imagine, for the rest of his career, which is unfortunate because I do think he's a good player. Uh, Garrett Wilson with an absolutely nuclear game on the receiving end, 162 on eight catches. Corey Davis had 85 on five catches. This team just looks so much better with Mike uh, Mike White under center. He's just a much better QB. I think he's more cerebral. I think he's more physically talented. So it was good to see that uh, for the Jets. I think their defense played well too, but this Vikings offense we know is pretty high-powered. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 173 and a touchdown. This was not... 1 p.m. Kirk. This was more of a tactical, slow burn uh, game management Kirk, which we don't see all that much. Usually he falters in that role, but he did enough here. Dalvin, 86 and a touchdown. Addison, 14 and a touchdown. And then Jefferson had 45 yards and a touchdown as well. Their defense played really well. I'd say probably overperformed here, um, but it was just because Mike White was really trying to get them back into the game towards the end. I don't know. Uh, Jets, I still think, are a good team. They're 7-5 and five at this point. The Vikings are 10-2, and two, winning a game they should win. But, um, yeah, I don't know what you took from this. I, I don't. I, this doesn't do anything for me in terms of, like, thinking the Vikings are the real deal. I still think they're going to falter when it, when it really comes down to it. But this is definitely a good win. You want to see this. Yeah, no, I agree there. I mean, this game doesn't really move the needle too much for either team. I mean, it feels like a game the Vikings should have won. feels like a game the Jets should lose, but it was nice to see them keep it close. My big takeaway, though, um, is coming from the Jets' side, it almost feels like anybody can be the running back for the Jets at this point. I mean, Brees Hall had immaculate success. Then he got hurt, and Michael Carter had immaculate success. And now he got hurt, and Zonovan Knight, a guy that nobody had ever heard of, is having immaculate success. I mean, I don't know if their scheming is that good, if their line is playing that well, or maybe they just happen to have three of the best running backs that they could find. But, I mean, it seems like no matter who you put back there, they can run the football. Yeah, for sure. I just think their line is really good. So, Um, okay, let's move on to the next. We had... Jags, Lions, Jaguars 14, Lions 40. 
uh, Trevor Lawrence, despite dying, I thought, at one point, managed 179 in a TD. Travis Etienne, 54 uh, yards on 13 carries. Christian Kirk went over 100 in this game. He had 104 on six catches. Evan Ingram had 30 and a touchdown. Uh, for the Lions, Jared Goff with an unbelievable performance. Their offense looks so good here. He had 340 and two TDs. DeAndre Swift had 62 yards rushing in a TD. Jamal Williams with 35 in a TD. ASP continually so impressive. 114 on 11 catches with two TDs. He got banged up and still managed to stay in the game. Chark had 98 yards on five catches. DeAndre Swift added 49 on four catches. They looked really good here. Uh, Jags offense just couldn't get it going, and the Lions just never stopped. They absolutely poured it on. They're 5-7 and seven now, which I think is pretty shocking to most people after the start they had. The Jags are now 4-8. and eight. Yeah, I mean, this is the team after a couple weeks, uh, you and me liked the Jags. I mean, we were like, they look pretty good. Trevor Lawrence seems to be turning the corner. It looks like they got some help. And then um, they reverted back to the Jags, I guess. The Lions, on the other hand, are doing the opposite. Um, Dan Campbell looked to not have rallied the troops early in the season, um, and now they're getting things going. I mean, Jared Goff, like you said, looked unbelievable. I mean, 350 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean... That's not a stat line I'd expect from Jared Goff. That's Patrick Mahomes right there. Um, DeAndre Swift finally coming back. Um, they said this is the first. This was his highest snap share since week one, so that's good if you're a Lions fan or a DeAndre Swift owner. Me, Williams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still found the end zone um, for his league leading 14th touchdown, and then ASB did his thing, man. And even DJ Chark got involved. It looks like uh, they could. They could upset some teams here down the stretch and maybe, you know, sneak into a playoff spot or maybe ruin some people's shots at playoffs. Yeah. Um, all right. Next game. Where are we at? Oh yeah, Titans Eagles. Titans ten, Eagles thirty five. Eagles now eleven and one. Tennessee seven and five. Ryan Tannehill, one forty one on a TD. Uh, he rushed for 34 yards. Derrick Henry just got absolutely nothing done here against an Eagles run defense that has been very susceptible to hard runners. Um, that just was not the case here. <clears throat> Chig Aconquo, your lead receiver here for the Titans, 60, 68 yards on four catches. Traylon Burks, 25 yards on one catch in a TD. He also died uh, in this game. I don't know how he got up and walked off after that hit in the end zone, but he was able to do so somehow. Jalen Hurts, my fantasy QB, uh, and I guess number two in the MVP race at this point, 380 and three TDs. Miles Sanders rushed for 24 yards and got into the end zone as well. Hurts rushed one in. Um, A.J. Brown, 119 on eight catches with two TDs, both unbelievable. Uh, probably could have been more, to be honest with you, but he had a great game. Devontae Smith went over 100. He had 102 and a touchdown. Jack Stoll was your third receiver in this game with 41 yards. Um, I don't know, dude. I guess the Eagles are are actually this good. This Titans defense and this Titans team is no joke. The defense is really, really good. It's been why they're 7-5, and five, to be honest with you. And the Eagles absolutely boat raced them. They probably could have scored more than 35 points. And I, for one, am absolutely shocked that they blew them out like this. Yeah, I mean, I'm a known Eagles, um, not necessarily hater, but doubter. Um, I try to keep it realistic with a lot of the people around here uh, not being realistic with their Eagles takes. And this was the first time all year, um, I even said it to my buddies, I said, this is the first time that the Eagles convinced me in a win. 
They've had, like we've discussed, um, our concern, they've had a lot of close games against teams that they should be beating. And now they come out against a team that should be a close game and they just run away with it. I mean, that was good to see um, from, if you're an Eagles fan standpoint or, you know, just from the NFL side, just to convince me that they are, in fact, the real deal, especially with the Niners losing their quarterback this week, which we'll get into. Um, So that was good to see. I mean, Jalen Hurts unbelievable if he's not you know number one in the mvp race he's probably number two right behind patrick mahomes um they didn't run the ball exceptionally well but they didn't really need to i mean the passing attack was wide open all day um you know aj brown 120 yards Devontae smith had his 100 yards i mean he does that once every four or five weeks it seems now for the titans they just can't get the ball they couldn't get the ball movement i mean if when they don't have derrick henry their team is kind of shot um, we know Ryan Tannehill isn't that guy. We've said it. It feels like a thousand times at this point. Um, he's not the guy. So um, they need Derrick Henry down the stretch here, man. Yeah. <clears throat> One second. Let me pull this next game up. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Browns Texans. This was the sweat of the week for you and I. Uh, both of us heavily uh, invested on the Browns covering multiple different spreads. You more than I. I just had the five and a half. They were able to do it, but boy, it, uh, that first half, man, it, it looked really close. Uh, it was 7-5 going into the second half, but the Browns were able to get their defense just absolutely pounding. They scored 20 points in the second half and covered for us. Deshaun, 131 and an interception. Really, really, really bad day for him. He's got to knock some rust off. Nick Chubb, 80 yards on 17 carries. Kareem Hunt, 56 on 9. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones was the lead receiver with 44 yards on 3 catches. Cooper had 40 on 4 catches as well, but there was not a single uh, offensive touchdown in this game. It was all DST uh, for the Browns. Peoples-Jones had a return, and then there was, I think... Three other defensive touchdowns, if I recall correctly. So really just insane game, but they were able to cover. Kyle Allen for the Texans, 201 a touchdown and two interceptions. Damian Pierce had 73 yards on 18 carries. Um, <clears throat> no TDs for him. Brevin Jordan and Chris Moore both had 46 yards, and then Nico Collins had 35 yards on three catches and a touchdown. Uh, yeah, this is tough, man. It's tough for the Browns because Watson didn't look very good, and it's tough for the Texans because they're as bad as everybody thinks they are. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to write Deshaun off. I think people are too quick to write him off. You have to remember, this guy hasn't played an actual competitive football game in 700 days, Mm -hmm. and you have to remember, he also wasn't allowed to practice as part of his deal. Um, so it's not like he's been out there practicing for 13 weeks. I think he has, like, two weeks of practice in, maybe. Um, so it's not like he's been around the team all that much to get acclimated, but still worrying from a Browns standpoint, um, especially if you're me, um, or someone like me and you have a lot of assets in fantasy, um, AKA Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper, uh, this could get worrying down the stretch, but the good news is their defense looked unbelievable. I mean, the Browns are a team, at least personally, that when I think of the Browns, I always think about good defense and it seems like lately that's been faltering a little bit. Um, but you know, they got a bunch of turnovers. Kyle Allen, um, finally won me some money. I mean, when he was on the Panthers, he was horrible. All he did was put me through misery. Anytime I watched him go out on the field, I knew we were losing. So it was nice of him to finally make me some money and make me feel good about myself. But yeah, I mean, the Texans are as bad as advertised. If you lose to a team that doesn't put up one offensive touchdown by two touchdowns, that's bad. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really, really bad. Um, 
I don't know. I'm I'm glad they covered for us, but that was not an inspiring performance whatsoever. No, no. All right. <clears throat> Let's move on to the tie. Washington 20, New York Giants 20. Giants now 7-4-1. and one. Commanders 7-5-1. and one. Taylor Heineke, 275 and two TDs. Brian Robinson Jr., almost over 100 in this one, rushing 96 yards on 21 carries. Gibson at 39. Um, Terry with just a, a monster game. 105, eight catches and a touchdown. Curtis Samuel had some really clutch plays down the stretch. He had 63 yards. Jahan Dotson had 54 and a touchdown. Another guy who had some really clutch plays. Uh, the Giants, Daniel Jones, 200 and a touchdown. 71 yards rushing as well. Saquon, 63 uh, and one touchdown. Darius Slayton, 90 yards. This was another guy who had some really monster bomb catches. Isaiah Hodgins had 44 and a touchdown. Daniel Bellinger, back from injury, 24 yards for him. Uh, both defenses played well when it mattered. Both offensive offenses uh, played pretty well too, but you know, just not enough there towards the end for these teams uh, to separate themselves. Uh, a tie in an NFC matchup that really does have some playoff implications at this point. I, I was shocked, but I'll take the void. You know. Hello. Jeremy, you're muted, brother. My fault. All right. Um, yeah, I was just saying, I was looking at our picks from uh, last week, and there was only three plays where we completely faded each other, and we got a tie on one of them. So that was good. Um, and, I mean, for both teams, they look good. Um, obviously, they look equally as good on both sides. Um, even watching the game, I can't really say watching it that one team deserved to win much more than the other. I mean, both teams fought the whole time. The Reds, oh, well, can't say that anymore. The Commanders yeah. went up early. <laughs> and the Giants, you know, played good football um, in the second and third quarter and brought the game back uh, in their favor. And then Commanders pushed it to a tie. I mean, um, it's nice to see Brian Robinson, you know, still playing strong, uh, kind of getting kind of getting some momentum here for them. Um, Danny Dimes still looking good for the Giants, not turning the ball over. Um, and it was I was happy to see Daniel Bellinger back for the Giants. Not necessarily a guy people think of as a huge player, um, but prior to getting injured, he was kind of you know stepping into his role there as their lead tight end. And I think that's something down the stretch they could use because they didn't really have a presence, um, definitely at the receiving core. But if you can use that uh, tight end spot to maybe open up some space for a couple of those wide receivers, they could have a little more success passing the ball down the stretch here. <clears throat> no doubt about that. All right, let's move on to the worst game of the week. Broncos 9, Ravens 10. Baltimore now 8 and 4. I don't know how they won this game, but they did. Broncos 3 and 9. <clears throat> Russ 189, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Davius Murray 47 yards on 17 carries. Really tough day for him. Greg Dolchich lead receiver 85 yards on 6 catches. Jerry Judy 65 on 4. For the Broncos, uh, Lamar Jackson got injured pretty early. He was 3-for-4 with 11 yards before he went out. Tyler Huntley, 27-for-32, 187, no touchdowns and an interception. James Prochet threw an interception as well. Uh, Huntley rushed one in. He had 41 yards rushing on 10 carries. He really is just like Lamar Jackson light. Um Mark Andrews, 53 on four. Demarcus Robinson, 41 on seven. Really quiet day for the Ravens offensively. Same for the Broncos. But uh, they showed up when it mattered. They got the win somehow. Fourth quarter touchdown from Huntley was clutch. Uh, Broncos got blocked there towards the end. McManus couldn't get that one to go through. So the Ravens eke out 
cover the spread or the Broncos covered the spread for us. But yeah, really, really ugly game here. Yeah, this was another game that I was um, heavily involved in from a financial perspective. Um, and I was happy to see them eke it out there at the end. Um, not a convincing win at all. Um, not only did the Ravens not look good, they also lost Lamar Jackson. So we'll see how Snoop does moving forward here. I mean, he's, he played well in the past uh, last year for them when they were injured, so we'll see. Um, but, I mean, I'm still not... I'm still not sold on the Ravens 12 weeks in and you're or 13, I guess. And your offense is still struggling this way. I mean, they're going to have some difficulty come playoff time, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay. Next game we had uh Dolphins 17 Niners 33, despite the Dolphins starting really hot. Uh, the Niners charged right back into the game, got themselves on the board, and then just never let up. For the Dolphins, Tua, 295, two TDs, two interceptions. Raheem Mostert and Jeffrey Wilson both locked up. Jeff Wilson had one carry for three yards. Mostert had seven carries for 30 yards. Uh, Tyree Kill, monster game, 146, nine catches and a touchdown. Trent Sherfield, 75. Uh, and a touchdown that was one catch, by the way. Nothing else going really for them besides a Xavier Howard interception on the defensive side of the ball. For the Niners, Jimmy Garoppolo got uh, injured really early. He's going to be done for the season. He had 56 yards, two for four before he went out. Uh, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, Iowa State legend, stepped in and led the Niners to victory. He had 210, two TDs, and an interception. McCaffrey, 66 yards rushing on 17 carries. Uh, and also 80 yards receiving with eight carries and a touchdown. Jordan Mason got some burn in this one, 51 yards on eight carries. Uh, Debo, 58 yards receiving on six. Brendan Ayuk, 46 yards receiving on five. And then Kyle Juszczyk, uh, 12 yards receiving on three catches and a touchdown for him. Defense played really well for the Niners. Jimmy Ward, Fred Warner, and... Uh, Diamador Lenoir all got interceptions in this game. What an absolutely stunning performance from the Niners here in a game that really matters. Both teams are now eight and four. Yeah, I had a couple big takeaways from this game. This was a game um, with a lot of implications for both moving forward in terms of, you know, playing against quality opponents. Um, Starting with the Dolphins, Tua does look susceptible to making some mistakes still against better defenses. Um, yes, it didn't help that Jalen Waddle was banged up and playing on an injured leg. Um, they didn't necessarily run the ball a ton, but they also didn't get the chance to. They kind of fell behind, and they had to pass the ball, which has been their strength all season. And it just didn't look great. Uh, I would like to see them, you know, play a bounce-back game against a good team and, you know, have a convincing win. For the Niners, though, um, this showed that Christian McCaffrey can handle a huge workload for them. I mean, 17 uh, rushes, eight receptions, 25 total touches for almost 150 yards, maybe at 150, 146, you know, pretty close there. And then for Brock Purdy, Brock, I believe, first name, correct? Yes, um, Brock Purdy. Uh, came in, and he didn't look he didn't look scared. The first couple drives, they were kind of, you know, just handing the ball off, and then they realized, well, we're not going to score any points this way, and he had to start moving the ball. And he looked confident in there. He was moving around the pocket, rolling out left and right, making some good throws. I mean, yes, is is he going to be the best player in the world? No, 
Um, but is he going to do enough here to keep them competitive down the stretch until they potentially, I don't know, sign someone off waivers, hopefully not Baker Mayfield for their sake. Or maybe he does lead them through the playoffs. Who knows? But I thought personally from someone that watched that game, he looked really good. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's all you kind of need. You know, Jimmy G is not he's not a world beater. He's he's a game manager and they just have so much talent in all those different positions. But, like you know, on offense. They have McCaffrey. He's such a threat receiving and rushing. They have um, Debo, same thing. Ayuk has been really good. And they have other guys, Kittle, that are just like really solid. So I don't really think you need much more than a game manager. And I think Purdy will will actually be okay if he plays like that for the rest of the season. Uh, Okay, let's jump into Seahawks-Rams. This was my pain game of the week. Uh, I was doing another 300 if the Seahawks... Uh, got one more point. They actually got an interception at the end and could have kicked a field goal to make sure things, uh, you know, really covered for me. But they weren't ever going to do that because they were up and they just were able to run the clock out. Um, but let's go into stats. Geno, 367, three TDs and an interception. Kenny Walker got er- uh, injured pretty early. He's got a jammed ankle, which I've never heard of before in my whole life. He's going to be probably done for the next couple weeks uh 36 on three carries for him dj dallas 37 on 10 lockett nuclear game metcalf nuclear game 128 on nine for lockett with a touchdown 127 on eight for metcalf and a touchdown noah fant also had 42 catches or 42 yards on four catches with a touchdown defense played really well uh for the seahawks as well Tariq willen and cody barton both getting interceptions in this one for the Rams, it was uh, John Wolford again, 178, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Cam Akers, 60 yards uh, rushing and two TDs. Don't think anybody had Cam Akers two plus, but here you go. Uh, 2-2 Atwell, 48 yards on two catches. Brandon Powell, 39 on four. Van Jefferson, 39 on two. Really tough game for the uh, Rams offense, who are just so depleted. Tutu Atwell, I do think, is a good player. And it's good to see Cam Akers back kind of playing football, but I don't know. Their their defense or their offense just doesn't do anything for me. They're three and nine at this point. Looks like they're gonna have the worst Super Bowl hangover in NFL history. And the Seahawks improved to seven and five, so good uh, good on them. Yeah, I mean, there's not too much to be said about the Rams at this point. Their season's over. They have a plethora of injuries and they don't really move the ball very well um due to those injuries. But for the Seahawks, another good win, um, another good performance by Geno. And I do think it's in their best interest to sit Kenneth at least this week. Um, and then maybe next week, because it's a short week, uh, they'll be playing on that Thursday against the Niners. But definitely this week, I mean, they're playing the Panthers, a very beatable team. I don't necessarily think that Kenneth Walker is the difference maker there. I think they can win without him. And I think it's better for not only their hopes this season, but um, moving forward into the future, if they just you know let him rest uh, as long as he needs. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I hope they let him rest for a really long time, personally, because uh, I need to make the playoffs. Uh, Chargers 20, Raiders 27. The Raiders improved to 5-7, and seven, the Chargers now 6-6. Six and six. The outside looking in for the playoffs, uh, looks like they're going to maybe be a wildcard team. Herbert, 335 and a touchdown. Eckler, 35 yards rushing on 10 carries. Keenan had 88 yards on six catches and a touchdown. He's looked really good since coming back from injury, so that's great to see. Uh, Gerald Everett, 80 yards on five catches. Austin Eckler did have 67 yards receiving on five catches. Josh Palmer added 60 on seven as well. So 
spreading the ball around pretty well for Herbert. Bryce Callahan had an interception in this game that he returned for a touchdown, uh, but the Raiders were able to rally uh, really in the second half. They had 14 points in the third quarter and a touch uh, field goal in the fourth to uh, get this win. Derek Carr, 250, two TDs, no interceptions. Josh Jacobs with another nuclear game, 144 and a touchdown. Devontae Adams, nuclear, 177 and two touchdowns. Just insane that you have both of them (laughs) on your fantasy team. But the Raiders, you know, they look really good in the past couple of weeks. And Adams just, it all comes down to him and Jacobs, man. Uh, Derek Carr is not doing all that much. These guys are just willing them to win the past, like, four weeks. Yeah, I mean, they have finally been playing the way it looks like they should. Um, I mean, the Raiders are moving the ball. Devontae Adams. Looks unbelievable. Um, he's kind of, you know, early in the season, people thought, you know, maybe he can't do it without Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I think 175 yards and two touchdowns says otherwise. Um, Josh Jacobs, another 150-yard performance on the ground. I mean, he's just unstoppable. Um, I'm sure the Raiders are regretting not picking up that extra year now um, because if they do want to re-sign them, it is going to cost them a lot of money based on his uh, performance this year. And then for the Chargers, I mean, Jay Herbo did all he could, 300 yards, touchdown, no turnovers. Uh, they couldn't really get the ball moving on the ground, surprisingly, um, which is weird because the Raiders have been uh, pretty susceptible to, uh, you know, some big gash plays this season, but that just didn't happen. Um, Keenan Allen, you know, he's been playing well since coming off injury, so that's good for them moving forward. Um, if they can, you know, string together a couple wins here down the stretch, you know, maybe maybe finish with nine nine wins. Um, they get into the playoffs, and uh, they should they should be fun here down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, let's move on to our next game: Chiefs Bengals. Chiefs twenty four, Bengals twenty seven. Bengals are now eight and four. The Chiefs nine and three. Uh, despite really trying to get themselves back into this game, the uh, Chiefs fall to the Bengals here. Pat Mahomes two twenty three and a touchdown. Pacheco sixty six and a touchdown rushing. Uh, Mahomes also rushed one in MVS 71 yards on two catches Kelsey 56 on four Uh, Jarek McKinnon was able to get into the end zone on a receiving play he had nine yards on two catches got into the end zone for the Bengals uh, you know Jamar Chase was back and he really looked good in this one he had a couple of crazy catches didn't go over 100 but was close 97 yards on seven catches Joe Burrow uh, 286, two TDs. Samaje P. Ryan, 100-yard rusher again this week, 106 on 21 carries. Burrow had 46 yards rushing as well with a touchdown. Tyler Boyd, 60 on four. Samaje, 49 on six through the air. And then T. Higgins with 35 yards and a touchdown. Chris Evans got a touchdown as well in this one. I don't know what you took away from this, man, but it was, uh, I guess maybe the Bengals are the real deal again. I don't know. Uh, I'm shocked, but Burrow owns Mahomes somehow or another. Yeah, I mean, I think it's time to have a dialogue about the Bengals potentially being the Chiefs kryptonite here. I mean, they beat them last year in the playoffs um, in what seemed to be kind of a fluke with, you know, mismanagement in in that first half, the end of the first half, and then Tyreek dropped a touchdown in the end zone, and then they ended up losing. And then, I mean, the Chiefs made another mistake this week. I mean, they missed the game-tying field goal. Travis Kelsey fumbled in a big spot again, which kind of seems to be a trend this year. Um, I... I haven't actually looked at the numbers, but I can 
almost like distinctly remember it feels like two or three times where he's fumbled in big spots this year. Um, and that's not necessarily very uh, – that's not Travis Kelsey-esque, I would say. Um, but, I mean, Pacheco's finally coming into his own. Um, he ran the ball well this week. Uh, both teams look good, and I don't have any fears for either of them, you know, moving forward against the regular opponents, I would say. Um, but I think come playoff time, it's going to be fun between these two and the Bills if the Bills can, you know, get some momentum rolling here again. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a blast to watch. Uh, okay, well, two more games. Colts-Cowboys and Bucks saints The Colts-Cowboys game was an absolute slaughter. Uh, I don't think anybody expected it to be close, but I don't think people expected it to be a blowout in this way because it was tight pretty much the whole game. Uh, after the third quarter, the Colts were up. It was 19-14, or 1921. They, they weren't up, but it was close. They were down two. And the Cowboys scored 33 points in the fourth quarter. So for the Cowboys, Dak, 173 TDs and an interception. Tony Pollard, 91 yards rushing and two TDs. Zeke, 77 and a TD. Malik Davis, 29 and a TD. C.D. Lamb, 71 yards on five catches and a TD. Dalton Schultz had 33 yards uh, through the air. Michael Gallup had 23 on four catches and two TDs. Two interceptions for Darren Bland. Uh, Malik Hooker had an interception. For the Colts, Matt Ryan had 233, two TDs, and three interceptions. JT had 82 yards on 21 carries. Uh, Alec Pierce, 86 yards on four catches with a touchdown. Ashton Doolin got into the end zone as well because uh, Trayvon Diggs is a traffic cone. Stephon Gilmore had an interception as well on the defensive side of the ball, but the Cowboys' defense was just unstoppable in, you know, in that second half. They were so good, and... Somehow or another, they they just absolutely battered the Colts down the stretch. I wasn't really expecting it uh, to be a blowout like this, but I'm glad it was because I won some money. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys' defense is unreal. Um, They were forcing turnovers. It felt like the entirety of the second half and that whole fourth quarter. I mean, 33 points in a quarter is uh, very impressive. Uh, The Colts are just done uh they're bad they need to just wrap it up for the season uh the cowboys on the other hand very good um i know there's everyone says you know the cowboys have the highest scoring offense in the league when dax back blah 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 but it's a product of their defense it feels like yes technically it's the highest scoring offense but when your team gets 50 turnovers a game and you get the ball on the opponent's 30-yard line, I would hope your team has a good offense um, because that's kind of just stat padding at that point. But they are good. Don't get me wrong. They're a very good football team, and I think that them versus the Eagles come playoff time is going to be a very fun football game to watch. Yeah, I agree. should be a blast. Uh, okay, one more game. Uh, Bucks saints This was terrible. I fell asleep. So if you want to cover this game, you can. Yeah. Um, so like you said, this game was, in fact, terrible. Um, Tom Brady looked to be destined to his Saints curse once again. Um, very first drive of the game, 16-play drive, all to end in a field goal. Um, they used Rashad White the entire way down the field, and then they decided to give Lenny the ball two times inside the five-yard line, and he got them a total of two yards. Um, and then they had to settle for a field goal. Uh, Tom continues to look out of sync with his wide receivers for 90% of the game. Um, the Saints 
didn't look good, but Andy Dalton didn't have 14 turnovers, which is why they were winning the game. But then um, Tom did what Tom does best, um, and they got a big turnover, and or they got a big – yeah, I think it was a turnover. I can't remember off the yep. top of my head. I back and look. And he got them the touchdown, and then their defense locked in. They got uh, a big sack on second and seven um, to kind of put the Saints out of range. Uh, Andy Dalton kind of threw up a 20-yard almost Hail Mary trying at the first down to win the game. It got knocked out of his tight end's hands. And then Tom Brady did Tom Brady stuff. Led them down the field. It looked like they were going to win with a Chris Godwin touchdown, which I'm sure would have made a lot of betters happy because I feel like he probably had a lot more bets on him than Rashad White. Yeah. Uh, he got called on the holding penalty, and then Rashad White uh, snuck one in there from five yards out. I mean, it wasn't a convincing win for the Bucks. Um, it was a win they needed for sure. Um, but uh, they're not they're not looking formidable heading into the end of the season here. Yeah. No way. Um. It, it's going to be, it really is going to be a slog for them down the stretch because I just don't think they're there. Uh, they're just not good enough as a team. It just seems like, like you mentioned, you know, Brady is not synced up with those guys. He's just screaming and yelling on the sideline after every single drive. It's just, it's not, it's not where you're used to really from, uh, from Brady. So I don't know, but <clears throat> we'll move into our, um, to our predictions for the week. We have, Raiders Rams is the Thursday night game at eight sixteen. Uh, I will let you go first here. We'll alternate picks again. That's been working for us. All right. Um, actually, if you want to handle this one while I pull up the lines, oh, yeah. then we okay. can. So Raiders here. Raiders Rams Raiders currently a six point favorite. Uh, minus two fifty five on the money line. Over under set at forty four and a half. I'm going to do uh, what I think most people should do and just take a touchdown from Josh Jacobs in this one. I, don't, I still don't trust the Raiders. I know that they're 5-7 and seven now. They got like three in their last four in terms of wins, but I'm, uh, I'm just going to go the touchdown score that hasn't really jammed me up that much. So I'll take Jacobs TD. Yeah, no, I think uh, Jacobs TD, Devontae TD, both great plays. Um, I don't – my issue is – see, I want to take the um, – I want to take the Raiders minus six, but I'm sure come Thursday, about 80% of the money is going to be on that. And that never works out well, but I'm going to stick to my guns. I do think the Raiders are a touchdown better uh, than the Rams at this point. I feel like almost every team in the NFL is a touchdown better than the Rams at this point. So I am going to go Raiders minus six. And I'm sure on Thursday, I'm going to have some fun parlays going with Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. Okay. Um, you said Jacobs TD, right? No, no, no. I'm doing Raiders minus oh, six. Oh, Raiders minus six. My bad. You're good. Okay. All right. You're up next here. Vikings, two and a half point dogs at four Ford Field against uh, against the Lions. Lions currently two and a half point favorites, minus 134 in the money line, over under set at 53 and a half. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is a trap. Yeah, this is something we were talking about. Technically, on paper, if you get rid of the records, these teams are very close. Um, the Vikings only have a point differential of plus 10, and the Lions only have a point differential of minus 9. But that shows the ability to you know, win when it, win when it matters. Um, I mean, if your point differential is that close and one of you is 10-2 and two and one of you is below 500, I mean, that's kind of the difference maker there. I think what I'm going to do, I am going to take the trap. I'm going to fall right into it. 
Um, I'm going to go with the Vikings plus two and a half. Um, that way they can still lose and Vegas can somehow win money. But um, if they keep it close, uh, I will. I'll be happy. So I'm going to go with the Vikings plus two and a half. In theory, there should be no reason they lose this football game. Yeah, I'm going to walk into the trap too. I walked into the trap last week and it it, it cashed for me. So I'm going to do it again. I'm going to just take the Vikings money line. I'll take the plus money. Uh, if if we're going to just take them to cover two and a half, I think they probably win the game. So I'll take them there. But I do think that this is a trap, and I do think you guys should stay as far away as possible from this game if you can help it. Um, okay, up next, Jets, Bills, New York, currently nine and a half point uh, dogs against the Bills in Buffalo. They're plus 340 on the money line, over-under set at 43 and a half. I'm taking Jets plus nine and a half. Um, too many points. They won last time. I think they stay in this game. I think they keep it close. The Bills and the Vikings are right on the same pace for me. And the Jets just covered that against the Vikes. So I'm going to take Jets nine and a half. I, I really do think that, that that is a disrespectful spread. I do. I really like that bet. Um, and that's easily the side of the spread I would be on. Yeah. What I think I'm going to do, I think I'm going to go with the James Cook touchdown. I feel like there's going to be good odds on that this week. Obviously, it's not out yet with it being only Tuesday. But I could see that pushing plus 200. Um, And with the involvement he got last week, yes, it's not a guarantee he gets that involvement again. But that's a dart throw that I'm willing to take on what it feels like could be a good spot for him to get some momentum. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good pick. I just picked him up in another fantasy league. He's still unrostered, so I'm with you. I think he could get some more play this week. Um, Okay, up next, Ravens, Steelers. Baltimore currently three-point dogs against the Steelers. They're plus 134 on the money line, over-under set at 36.5. Money's pretty spread out here. Uh, Your pick, Jeremy, what, what do you think? Yeah. I keep, I've been doing it all season, and I do it all season, and I bet on the Ravens, and then I get heartbroken. But they just, they're a better football team. Uh, Yes, they don't have Lamar, but Huntley looked good last year when he was in charge. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the Ravens plus three. Um, I think this is going to be a very close game, and that's why I'm going with the underdog. I can see this going either direction, um, but it feels like it'd be, more in my interest to take the points rather than give up the points if I'm unsure who is going to win. I am also taking Ravens plus three. I think they win this game, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think the Steelers can get three in a row. But, yeah, I'll take the points just because I'd rather take a push or, you know, or or a win like that than just betting them straight up, you know. Uh, Okay, up next, Eagles, six and a half point favorites against the Giants, minus 300 on the money line, over-under set at 45 and a half. All the money's on Philly. I'm walking right into a trap again, but it's, oh, it is my pick, isn't it? My pick or your pick? Yours. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm taking Eagles minus six and a half. Um, I was off the Eagles for the weeks that they covered again. And now I'm going to go back on them, and they're probably going to lose this game somehow. But I'll take Eagles minus 6.5. I think it's a good spot, and we don't really have to worry about a missed kick or anything like that. So I'll take them. Yep. I like that. Um, I feel like the Giants are kind of stumbling, whereas it feels like the Eagles are picking up more momentum. 
um, which I like. So I do like the Eagles minus six and a half. I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to take Eagles first half over 13 and a half points. I, that feels low um, for them. It feels like they always go into the half with the minimum two touchdowns. Um, you know, normally between that 17 and 20 point area. So I am going to take over 13 and a half total points for the first half for the Eagles there. Okay. Got it. Um, okay, Cleveland versus Cincinnati up next. The Browns currently six-point dogs against the Bengals. Browns plus 215 on the money line, over-under set at 47 and a half. Mm. I, guess it's, uh, I guess it's my pick. What I'm going to do, I'm going to take the Browns plus seven. Um, I'm looking at this money. and it's, it's, I know, it's, I know. It's up. Um, could this be the week Deshaun Watson bounces back a little bit? Maybe. Um, he did look better at the end of the game than he did at the beginning, so I'll give him that. Not that he looked phenomenal, but another week of practice, another week of, you know, getting in sync with the guys. Um, he is a very good quarterback. Um, let's not forget that. So I am going to go with the Browns plus seven. I'm going to buy that point there. Um, and I'll take the push if they, if they lose by a touchdown. Yeah, I think six is a trap line. I'm with you there. Um, I think everything about this game stinks. The Browns just did not look confident to me last week, and that scares me. What we got away, we got out of the fucking woods, you know, and and, and secured the pick as a as a correct pick last week. I don't know if that happens again. So what I'm gonna do is just take a touchdown. Chase looked really good. Didn't look like he missed much of a step last week. I'm gonna take a touchdown for him. He didn't get in last week, so I'll. I'll take him to score a touchdown in this game. I don't know if he has many has as many yards as he did last week, but I do think he gets into the end zone this time. So I'll go with uh, Jamar Chase touchdown. Up next, yeah, actually, what's up? Let me let me get a uh, let me get an audible here. Okay, down Nick Chubb. That's not happening two weeks in a row. Give me a Nick Chubb touchdown, especially because if they are going to cover that plus seven, it's going to have to be on the back of Nick Chubb. So I'm going Nick Chubb touchdown. Okay, so are you going to keep? You want to keep the plus seven as well, or no? Get rid of it. Get an audible out of it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, okay. Up next, uh, Jags Titans. Jags currently three and a half point dogs against the Titans. Uh, Jaguars plus one sixty six on the money line. Over under set at forty two and a half. Another game where the fucking money's all on one team. The Titans. Eighty five percent of the money is on them. It's my pick. I guess I'll take a Henry TD. I'm all over the TDs this week, but I'm going to take a Henry TD just because he hasn't scored in two weeks at this point. I do think that the Titans actually cover this game, but that money is frightening. So I'll just take Henry and hope that he scores. Yep. Um, I'm going to stay on the same page as you there. I'm going with the Henry touchdown. These, This is two teams that uh, neither of us have been very confident in all season. So I am going to go with the Henry touchdown. Okay, fair enough. Um, your pick here on this next one. Texans, 17-point dogs against the Cowboys. Uh, Texans currently plus 900 on the money line. Over-under set at 44.5. And, excuse me, 77% of the money is on Cowboys minus 17. Yeah. What the fuck? I, think I do too. That's exactly where I am. Exactly where I am. 
I think the over could be a great play because if the Texans turn the ball over, the Cowboys are going to capitalize. What I am going to do, I'm going to go with the over here. Um, and the line's not out yet, but I'm probably going to take the Cowboys' first half spread as well come Sunday. Um, just because the 17 makes me nervous, but I could see the Cowboys going into halftime with like that 10 or 17 point lead and then, you know, kind of weaning off the second half, letting some other guys get some reps, um, which could end in a backdoor cover. So I'm definitely going over 44 and a half, and I am advising everyone that come Sunday I will be taking that first half spread as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. And then we have up next Chiefs Broncos. Chiefs currently nine point favorites against the Broncos. Uh, yep, 90% of the money on the Chiefs, of course. Uh, minus 430 on the money line for them, plus 340 uh, for the Broncos. Over on it's at 43.5. Chiefs don't cover big spreads for me. I'm on the over, by the way, as well for the Cowboys. Um, Chiefs never cover big spreads for me, but I'm going to fall right into the trap. Uh, give me Chiefs 8.5. I think that they... They can win here, but I'm gonna buy a buy half a point just because. Okay. Yeah, I do think this is a game they covered. They're very bad. Um Broncos are but terrible. I'm gonna go with under forty three and a half. The Broncos have gone out of their way, it feels like, to not score points. And like you said, sometimes the Chiefs don't cover big spreads. So I could see uh, you know, big Andy getting up, you know, twenty one to three or something, and they just kinda, you know, let Pacheco get some work. Let some other guys get some work and just kind of, you know, play slow and run the clock out. So I'm going to go with under 43 and a half. And I could see the Chiefs covering the spread as well with the way the Broncos have been playing all season. Okay, fair enough. You're up next here. Carolina versus Seattle. The Panthers currently three and a half point dogs in Seattle. They're plus 166 on the money line. The Seahawks minus 198 over under set at 43 and a half. Yeah. Um... Give me Seattle, minus three and a half. This is another game where I'm considering the under, um, just based on the fact Panthers do play good defense, um, and I don't think we're going to play great offense. So, yeah, actually what I am going to do, I'm just going to go with the under. I'm going to go with under 43 and a half um, for the reasons I said, um, but I do think the Seahawks cover this spread. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the Seahawks here. They burned me last week. They didn't cover four and a half, but they did cover three and a half. So I'm going to take Seattle three and a half. I think that they win this game. Uh, probably not going to be a blowout, but I will stick with uh, with Seattle. Okay, up next, uh, Tampa Bay versus San Fran. The Bucks currently four-point dogs in San Fran. They're plus 168 on the money line. Over-under set at 37 and a half. This is two pretty good defenses here. Uh, under, I think, has some value, but I'm going to take the Niners. The money's pretty evenly distributed at this point i'll take niners minus four um the saints made it a close game against the bucks last week and i just can't see the bucks figuring it out so i'll go with uh with sf minus four yeah this game uh this is tough for me just because the bucks have a good run defense um most weeks i should say um but some weeks it's really bad so it feels like, you know, a game where the Niners run game could either go off, but if they get stifled, that under is very much in play. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you. I'm going with the Niners minus four. I mean they haven't they haven't done me wrong yet, so I might as well keep my money where it's been working. Okay. You're gonna stick with me on Niners minus four. 
Um, Miami versus LA up next. Dolphins are currently a three-point favorite at SoFi, minus one seventy-two on the money line. Over/unders fifty-two and a half. This is a Sunday night game. It got flexed. All the money's on Miami. I th- yeah. <sighs> Chargers have played well. Dolphins. Uh, I don't know. I'm. What's up? Give me the, the over. Okay. I think the Chargers have looked, you know, formidable on offense, and this the Chargers defense isn't hasn't been great. So I think this is a good bounce back spot for the Dolphins to put up some points. I hate this game a lot. I'll go with an Eckler touchdown. He didn't find pay dirt last week. I think he could do it this week. I'm not confident about that game at all. That might be a stay away game to be honest. And then finally, um, Pats cards. This is Monday night game. Money split right down the middle. The Pats are currently one and a half point favorites, minus one twenty four on the money line. Over under set at forty four and a half. Cards plus one and a half, plus one oh six. I'll take the cards. Give me cards money line. Oh, yeah. This is an interesting matchup. Yep. This is interesting. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Pats winning line. I think they can give Kyler some trouble. They haven't convinced me this year. Neither team's been super convincing, but the Patriots here with a win uh, get to seven and six and get into a pretty good spot heading into the last couple weeks here. So I'm going with the Patriots money line. Okay, cool. Um, that is everything. Those are all your previews. We got a couple of teams on by this week, but. Still uh, suiting up to be a pretty good week before we get into the crazy schedule uh, around Christmas where there's Saturday games and all that stuff. I'm excited. Um, but, yeah, let's see if uh, if Jeremy and I can sort of keep our momentum heading in towards the end of the season. Um, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check us out on social media at Post20Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts if you want to listen to past episodes. Uh, Keep your eye out for World Cup stuff, too. We're still doing that. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves. Good luck this week, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya.